Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, guys? Thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Nickish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz here to talk about what the hell happened this past week in the NBA draft. But before we get into it, I want to direct your attention to our website, nick-ish.com. On Thursday, June 30th, we'll be dropping our exclusive Nickish shorts. And for all of our listeners here, y'all be the first to know that we'll be having another raffle with a special prize that we'll announce on Tuesday, the 28th. So keep, keep an eye out for our post on Instagram, at Nickish Show, for the special announcement. And without any further ado, let's bring in Nafi. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good. Not bad. I mean, I feel like I speak for all Knicks fans. We're like, had a, had a good bit of time to like digest and process what just happened. So I'm excited to at least talk about it with, with the homies here. So can't complain, at least so far. We'll see what happens in a week after free agency, right? Yeah, bro. So much, so much to digest. And uh, I don't think I fully yet digested everything that happened. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Fight. How you doing? Uh, I'm not I'm not horrible. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, but I got a little bit of the sniffles, so don't mind me if you guys hear a little bit of uh, nose action <laughs> in the back. My my bad for the <laughs> listeners. You know, just letting you guys know. Fair warning. But uh, in general, not not doing too bad. Uh, Yankees lost two in a row to the Astros, so not great, but not too bad. Yo, I want to be at the game tomorrow. Cash me in the Legend Suite. Nice. I might be on TV. Those guy. This yeah. guy, they had to <laughs> throw him throw the flex. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it might rain though, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, let's 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 re- get right into it. What the Knicks did on Thursday, uh, I'll just do a quick summary. The Knicks traded quick. the 11th pick to OKC. OKC traded three first rounders, the uh, Denver, Detroit, and Washington picks to New York. Uh, then New York traded the 23rd of of Denver's pick, uh, 2023, four seconds to Charlotte for the 13th pick. And then the Knicks traded the 13th pick, which ended up being Jalen Duran and Kemba Walker to Detroit for Milwaukee's uh, 2025 first round pick. So at the end of it, at the end of the day, the Knicks traded 11 Kemba Walker, four second rounders, and they ended up getting three future first round picks, all which had high levels of protection. So um, that's not a weird high levels of protection, whatever. No, they're, uh, they're, high, they're highly protected. You got yeah. it pretty. I love the protection. That sounds like sunscreen. Graphics are twenty five SPF type shit. SPF twenty twenty five. Rock all the shit. All right. So, how did you guys feel at the end of the night? Obviously, there was a lot of confusion. Uh, a lot of people were angry. A lot of people were upset. Some people were indifferent. So, Fies, let's start off with with you. How did you feel? Honestly, uh, I'm gonna say that night overall was like kind of thrilling. Where like it was a roller coaster. Like it starts with like. Jaden Ivey didn't go to the Kings. Oh, my God, you know, we're still in play. And then, like, you know, just, just the movement overall. Like, the Knicks are in talks with the Pistons to get the pick. Okay, the, you know, Jaden Ivey was picked. I'm sad now. And then it goes, the Knicks are still trying to get Jaden Ivey from the Knicks, uh, from the Pistons, even though, you know, so, like, there was, a, there was a lot of movement. But I'd say overall at the end of the night, I wasn't, I wasn't definitely enthusiastic. Like, you know, we got, we talked about it offline. I wasn't really excited, but I, I wasn't told you. Co- yeah. Help you, help you cope. Definitely a little bit of consoling it. going around. Cause I, I was definitely upset. Uh, um, I, I wouldn't like put it as far as like, I was thinking like we should like fire the front office or something over the moves, but I, it definitely wasn't like my cup of tea. It wasn't what I was looking forward to from the draft, but I'll, I'll let Nafi talk a little bit more about it. Cause he, he definitely like changed my mind a little bit. I mean, I feel like my takeaway after the night was disappointment. And I feel like I'm not even going to begrudge like fans like Faiz, you or like the fans that are like super pissed. I'm not going to begrudge that because at the end of the day, we're fans. We're supposed to be passionate. And it's just like a lot of that stems from just like the hype of the Jaden Ivy pursuit, as you kind of right. laid out. That shit went down to the wire. So it's like when you kind of got your eyes set on a shiny object and it doesn't happen. Obviously, there's that residual effect of disappointment and an anger. So then what we what happens afterwards it, like it becomes magnified so it's just like you know what i mean you get more pissed at what happens but then you know you take a step back kind of think about it like we said we had some processing time overall what i thought about the draft is i got to give it like an incomplete grade like right, right. i can't see what I, I can't like be critical of it until i see what's cooking you know what i mean and we got like a couple days till free agency so and at the end of the day similar to like the last two drafts 
it's kind of like a recurring theme. You know, like we, I was, to be honest with you, I was disappointed probably 2020 a lot when we took Obi. That's been covered before. Yesterday, last year, I wasn't as disappointed, but I saw kind of the same feelings. People were like kind of pissed. We traded our first for a Charlotte pick that people were heavily criticizing, which ended up getting us Cam, who everybody loves. So, untouchable player, apparently. Exactly. So it's just like, I learned from that. I'm just like, let me hold on a bit. You know what I mean? Because my initial reaction was like, damn, I'm fucking pissed. I'm annoyed. And then the details come out. And then you see kind of like in the grand scheme what this front office has been about maintaining flexibility, building our asset like war chest. And focusing on developing the young players we have and maybe getting a kid at 11, it would have been cool. But it's also like we have a lot of young players already and we're already complaining about the playing time for me. I mean, so that was that's just how I feel at this moment right now. But yo, Mo, throw back, throw to you. Yeah, I completely agree with the Jaden Ivy part. I think we spent so much, so much time. And you know what? Shout out to all the guys who've been putting in the work for months Thanks. with all these draft prospects and possibilities and potential, you know, uh, prospects that the Knicks would end up with and the Knicks ended up getting none of those guys they they put in the work and you know we put in some work too for that last episode to for, figure for out what guy yeah well for a week we, you know we, we did our we part. cramped um, college exam. <laughs> we procrastinated but the fact that we didn't get any of those players I'm overall okay with that because of what we ended up with uh, obviously Jane Ivy was was the goal and you know I I find solace in the fact that the Knicks really tried to get him and they they did put in a competitive offer as far as as far as I know. And, you know, we ended up the night, we ended the night with still having our, our main core young players. We still have Obi, we still have IQ, we still have RJ on our team. We still have all our draft picks. And then some, I think we might be second in the league with the most picks over the next seven years. We have 22, we have 11 first, we have 11 second rounders that, that gives us more opportunity. And the fact that our team has been the most active in this draft and probably the last three years combined, there's that's, that's something good that this front office is trying. We're not, we're not going to, you know, what, what was the alternative? We would have drafted a player, a wing or Jalen Duran, the center. And that, you know, whatever kid that would be, would not get those minutes. I mean, we're probably going to end up signing Mitchell Robinson. We still have Jericho Sims. Everyone likes Jericho Sims. When would Duran be playing? It's, it's going to be a whole other issue. And at the wing spot, we're okay with, you know, we have Fournier, we have RJ, we have Obi, we have Cam. So, and, and we have Grimes. So that's five players off the, off the, off the bat right there who could play a three or four position you know, whoever we would have drafted would not be playing. So what we did is we got more assets and we are opening the door to more opportunities for the team to get a star level player. And we'll get into Brunson in a little bit. Um, yeah. But to that point, like you just yeah. mentioned, we also added, you know, financial like cap space. You know yeah, I mean? so, exactly. Like, add to that. Yeah. So we, we got rid of Kemba Walker's contract and a lot of people are going to point to, you know, the Knicks front office is cleaning up quote unquote, cleaning up the messes that they made. But when right. they made these, signings we were all happy for the most yeah. part because they were they were low risk high high reward uh signings and you know Kemba Walker did not need to be you know we could have waited a year to you know watch him go but the fact that they wanted clear cap space to try to get a star level or high you know high level free agent this season speaks words and and uh again we'll get to Brunson later um but no overall you know we we have more assets for the for the war chest and we have potential for a star level player we still have our young core and uh you know i don't think apart from jay and ivy there isn't really much else we could have done and that's that's how you know yeah top to bottom. I, I would, I would give it a b minus and i told you guys this offline i would give this draft night a b minus with the potential for a much higher grade in in a couple of weeks i'm hoping or you know it could be a little lower but i, I give like a b minus but to, to add... quibble though is uh you said speak words i think you meant speak volumes brother <laughs> oh did i say <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> shimmering it's getting better it's getting better i'm not gonna lie so <laughs> I was like for everyone words. else de- dealing with brain fog it, it, i'll try to like break it down bit. too is that that's some deep shit speaks words yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um to to do a little bit more bookkeeping like uh like the what happens from this draft? I feel like now you see Mitch Mitchell Robinson's market really like basically being off the table. Uh, you're seeing like the the teams that were in the running, like the Pistons and uh, the uh, besides the Pistons, I think the Hornets were like in the running to really sign yeah. Mitchell Robinson. They were able to add the centers through you know first round uh, through their first round picks. The Knicks pick being one of them, having a both eleven and I want to say thirteen at the same time at a point, but using that to move off. So I, I think a, a huge reason Knicks fans were upset through the night, and a lot of it's just like I'm already upset. 
you're not going to let me not be upset. Like, let me just stay upset was like hearing that we originally gave up a first round pick to move off Kemba Walker, but then later finding out that we got the Milwaukee pick back in return, which was a a solid feeling. Like uh, I I know a lot of people are complaining about the conditional uh, conditions put on the picks and they, they are definitely frustrating, but the conditions are on picks. Like, you know, like the Milwaukee pick, for example, like, that, that pick is going to convey. Like, there's no way yeah. that pick's not going to convey. And, that, like, e- either yeah, way, you know, you can trade that, those It's just like, yo, we see conditional picks they trade all the time now. It's like, right, the league right. is too smart now. Like, nobody just be throwing out unprotected first unless it's for, like, you know, Anthony Davis status. And, and by the know, way, the, the, the Pistons, I, from what I'm hearing, the reason that they didn't end up doing the trade with the Knicks is because we refused to put an unconditional pick of ours mm. for next year up. So smart, that, smart we should be happy for because the Knicks front office showed that they're willing to pursue Jaden Ivey, but unlike previous front offices, they're not willing to cut off an arm and a leg of their own, you right. know, of their own stuff to, to pursue these players. Yeah. Imagine they ended up trading IQ to get Jaden Ivey. I don't, I doubt people, be you know, pissed. people you know I mean? would be happy. Exactly. They'd be, we, we'd all be pissed if that were the case. Cause Jaden Ivey has a lot of potential, but IQ is, you know, he's different. Well, I'm not saying he has a higher ceiling, but we know he's capable capable of we want to see it, you know, pan out with, with our team. Yeah, and, like, I want to touch on just, like, like I said at the top, I'm not going to begrudge people for being upset, emotional, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, like, police PTSD, other fans. PTSD, bro. It's the next PTSD. Yeah, I'm not going to police other fans. But at the same time, what I want to kind of harp on, and y'all see me do it in our little chat, is just, like, people saying, like, all, like, complaining we're kicking the can down the road. To me, that just screams him on instant gratification, be that a star or just like they got attached to a prospect and they wanted that uh, that dude that day. You know what I mean? And to me, kicking the can, I was like, yo, were we not the Knicks that always like did the win now move without thinking ahead, the short term thinking that would fuck us? And now like we have a front office that realizes that way of thinking is not wise. And this may be a little on the opposite extreme end of it, but I'd rather that cautiousness and flexibility than like us diving headfirst into something just to like, oh, get a reaction, win the press conference, so to speak. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah, I never, I didn't get to kick the can shit. Cause like to me, like the smartest franchises, quote unquote, kick the can when their plan A's don't work. Cause that's, that's smart team building, you know? So I don't know. That's just one thing I, that like I really will kind of hold against people. It just tells me they don't honestly know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> like it's just like, you know, some people have critical thinking, others don't. You know, and that may not, that may sound snobby, but. If you complain about kicking the can, it's like, are you begrudging this front office for the, the sins of the past front offices? Because, you know, like I said, Leon Rose took over two years and three months ago. Like, it's we're not even in year three of the regime yet. And we've got one playoff experience and we won, like, what, 37 games. And we're one Julius Randle, like, tantrum filled season away from probably being a playing team. So, like, yeah, in the middle of the season, we was all pissed at Tibbs, yada, 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 had our frustrations. But taking that long view of things i'm not going to be like infuriated but i get it but it's also like i'm not going to say some stupid shit like yo kicking the can is bad because what the fuck you want us to do (laughs) i think think it's a little bit not like i wouldn't say i say it's like the way you look at it because the what the Knicks front office has been really good at doing is like tiptoeing the line between like a move being really like it's been polar like people have been either saying kicking the can in a good way or kicking the can is in like they're punting and like i feel Mm. like the reason that fans have been mostly upset about that is just not because of the specific move but because it's been three years of them some sort of like punting picks you know moving picks but like like we said it's good because like we've seen brock aller do it's not just punting the pick and just closing it off it's adding other assets while you know yeah pushing the, assets. Yeah, yeah. yeah so and that's what i'm saying it's a little bit more of tipping tiptoeing the line because some people are using that terminology like kicking the can in a very negative way because they're upset but some people are also like oh no they're just developing for future they're just pushing it to so they can use those assets later and i feel like that's why i have a that's why we've all been saying this incomplete grade on on the next front office and a huge reason we're not really willing to like fire them all because it's like we still haven't seen what they're doing with this punt. You know, they're obviously like gearing up for something. So I feel like we'll be able to give that grade once they use these picks or even once they use this cap space. I feel like that's a huge thing that we were talking about offline where I was saying I'm personally upset and the grades I was giving was more on draft night overall, but I want to see what the Knicks specifically do with this cap space, with this, uh, with these assets. Cause if they're signing Jalen Brunson, I know a lot of fans are going to be upset. That's a very, another decisive move, you know, between people, 
but I personally would be okay with that. But if we're using this cap space and on these assets for like Brogdon, I'm not, that's again, continuing to be uninspiring for me, but right. there's I mean, a lot of fans. I'm sorry. There's a lot of fans who think the same about the Brunson move though. They're calling it uninspiring. They're saying they don't like it, but I, I don't think uh, we really agree with that from what I've been. Are we ready to get into the Brunson topic or like, okay, yeah, well, you got it. some lingering kind of. Take I, yeah, on a fan we're, reaction. We're not only creating cast space, but we're getting assets at the same time, and that's that's unprecedented. And we're now in a position where we can confidently say that we have, you know, the capital to actually make a legit trade for for a Donovan Mitchell kind of player. We could say we'll we can give you three first round picks and Randall, give us Donovan Mitchell or or an equivalent kind of player. We have those assets to be able to make that kind of swing trade that we didn't have two years, three months ago. He cleaned up, they, they cleaned up the, the whole roster. We have a young core. We have assets. We have caspers. We have, we have the three real criteria to have a successful team. You just got to be patient and work through it. We, we've been doing now it for about so many developing years. those, those young yeah. assets, you know, yeah. pl- playing them more. So they, they have higher value. We don't really preach patience, but it's also like, there's a lot of old head fans. that will be like, yo, I've been patient for a long time. And I respect that, but it's also like that kind of goes to the front office. They don't, owe us your be like like reparations for what happened in the past in Nick's history. They're not you know doing I mean? it on that time. They're exactly. Doing they're doing time. it on their time and they're trying to push us forward. And with that, you've got to give them patience by default. And we got to understand just by like reality. It's also like I feel like you know, to your point by is like w- with how they were framing it as kick the can. I feel like the, the side that really was framing it in a negative way are kind of the same people that was all pro tanking. You know what I mean? And right. we were pro tanking at one point, but then like you got to operate in the confines of reality. At this point, just getting mad about us not being a tanking franchise is just like getting your blood pressure yeah. up for no reason because that, tanking is an organizational uh, exactly. Team. And this front and office has shown they're, they're trying to compete while they're trying to develop the youth while maintaining flexibility while accruing assets. And from that standpoint, I think they've done well in all those regards. You could quibble with the player development, you know what I mean? Obviously, that's on Tibbs, but you know we'll see. This is going to be the third season. You know, Tibbs apparently kind of, you know, was leaking shit to Berman that like, oh, I regret not playing the youngins a lot. We'll right. see if it's true. You know what I mean? Then we hold them accountable, hold the coach accountable. But I don't think that's a Leon issue. I don't think it's a front office thing. You know what I mean? Because we could tell this front office is prioritizing adding youth to our core because they've, how, they've, like, they've drafted six the games, most young talent. Yeah, yeah, they drafted the most young talent we've had. Yeah, yeah. Obi, IQ, Grimes, Deuce, Jericho. We got Rokas overseas cooking motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, we just added Trevor Keels. So, like, I mean, even adding a player like Cam Reddish, like using our exactly. assets, that, that that counts towards it. And, you know, I, I will say, like, a lot of the stuff that's happening with Knicks fans, I would say, is because the front office wants to have their cake and eat it, too, where, like, they're just trying to tiptoe the line. So in terms of, like, they want the veterans and the young players, like, they're not going full youth movement like a lot of the other teams are seeing, and they're not going full veterans. So there's yeah. always going to be, like, this, 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 like, polar polarity between Knicks fans right now because, like, we're just we're we're kind of in limbo, I would say. That's what got a lot of fans upset with. Like, we're not bad enough to be getting good picks, and we're not good enough to really compete. But I think the Knicks are doing a decent job at tiptoeing that line because they're still acquiring assets and they still have the young talent on the team. Yeah, and that's I where mean, Brunson really go ahead. No, I'm just gonna like kind of to that point and like and then we kind of move obviously. It's like I do I get that interpretation, I get that feeling. It's also like I feel like it's wrong in that, like, especially with how the NBA kind of incentive our de- is decent or what's the word de incentivize incentivize the lottery de incentivize like tank brain fog AK- the brain fog is contagious contagious hella contagious <laughs> but um hey, weren't you at Jamaica the other day <laughs> yo they don't do COVID no tests on the way back now <laughs> <laughs> not anymore um <laughs> but um shit where was I even go with this god damn the brain fog mo but no what I was saying is like with the league how it was they, they lowered the, the lottery odds. Yeah. They added the playing tournament because they want teams to be more competitive. And like we're operating in that reality where looking at it as like we're in limbo, I feel like it's the wrong way to look at it because it's like we have the youth. We've got kind of like mid-range veterans and we're still trying to compete and like win. You know what I mean? I don't think that's a bad thing. It's like instead of all or nothing, it's like incremental improvements. And to me, incremental like taking an incremental approach to building this team is the right way to do it after what we've seen before. And like, maybe like the Scott Perry, Steve Mills kind of like front office tried to do the incremental shit and then it failed because of who's in charge, AKA Mills. But this front office has shown me more that like that incremental approach 
it may not be like what fans want as far as all youth or whatever, but we're not OKC. This is New York City. It's James Dolan's the owner. You know I mean, Leon recognizes that above all. Him knowing Dolan for like, what, decades? You know what I mean? Whatever the fuck. So with that, with all those realities out there and that context set, I can't even really say that's a like a like a credible kind of like it's just the way they've been going about it man it's like starting alec burks playing randall these minutes like that's the only reason that comes to to, i feel like that's a as opposed to like the front office that's why i was like separating tibbs out they they don't know how to like put this frustration because technically tibbs is the front office like you know that's that's their decision and stuff so like again i feel like a lot of this stuff is just going to be like polar like the Knicks fans are just going to be on opposite sides and I think uh, Leon needs to bring the family together yeah. <laughs> you know then, mafioso vibes like, yeah, the old cliche is winning cures all so like the same exactly I feel like if the Knicks made the play in game this year the, the limbo thing wouldn't feel as much you know like it would feel like oh progression or, or that, maybe if we saw if we got to saw the minutes that Obi played at the end of the year, if we saw more of that, I feel like Knicks fans would, because I feel like Knicks fans definitely are impatient. I'm not going to sit around and pretend they don't want some instant gratification, but we've seen a, a shift towards fans be excited about young players developing. Like I've seen a lot of fans say, like, if we just put out a lineup of RJ, you know, Obi quickly, like the, the young starting line at camp, if we lose games, no one's going to be really that upset. You know, there will be obviously Knicks fans, there's Knicks fans everywhere. There's going to be some old head who's like, I knew we should have kept Randall. I knew we should have played him. And oh, yeah. People yeah. out there saying, like, we need to trade RJ Bill around Randall. Oh, he's big drunk. What? Big angel dust pipes. I've <laughs> seen that, shit. bro. I'm not going to name names. I the don't thing is, at the end of the day, it's Knicks fans. There's always going to be another opinion. There's always going to be another person trying to say, this is how you should run the team. Like, bro, I saw someone who was like, so like talking about Jalen Brunson, they were like, why are the Knicks going after someone like Jalen Brunson? They should be trying to sign someone like KD. Like, y'all don't watch the oh NBA. God, like, KD's not someone you can sign many, right now. Too he's many clout a, chasers on Twitter right now. It's he's too not much. a free agent. Nah, it's just the NBA is one of those sports where people feel like, they could give like whatever take they want because it's so accessible. It's so easy to talk about. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I can like just give my hot take whenever I want. You don't see this in NFL because I feel like the NBA is like the high level analysis is top tier in the NBA, but then like the casual analysis in exactly. the NBA as opposed to NFL. A lot is so of casual fans. It's so much worse, bro. Like the casuals and NBA casuals are, are just dumb. NFL oh. casuals, they at least know a little bit. You know what I mean? They know the difference between a 4-3 defense and a 3-4 defense. They know, like, their divisional rivals and their fucking, like, tendencies, whatever the fuck. Casual fans say some shit like, yo, we need Bro, to get KD it, to It's because casual out. fans will see, like, a crazy trade that happens in the NBA, and they think that's the norm. They think, like, that's how every yeah. single mm-hmm. trade in the NBA happens. So it's like, if the Knicks want KD, they should just be able to have him right now. Like, why is he not on the roster already? Like... It's, yeah. it's frustrating. I right. mean, I started off saying I don't want to be the fan police, so we're not even doing that. We're just like, boy, <laughs> like everybody's entitled to their opinion, but you know what? That don't mean your opinion's untouchable. I could have opinions on opinions. That's the beauty right. of discourse. So let me throw it back to Mo as you set the table yeah. for our Brunson discussion. Unless you you, you mentioned Steve Mills a little earlier, and the reason why he was ousted was because he was trying to get D'Lo, and he was trying yeah. to trade mad assets and the for fucking farm for D'Lo. Exactly, for in a win-now kind of move. Uh, move. And the difference between D'Lo and Jalen Brunson is that Jalen Brunson is going to be a free agent. He's going he's gonna to demand a high payroll, a high salary. And, you know, Tommy Beer, shout out to him. He wrote an article sure. last Friday, and he wrote that, you know, a kind of move like that where we get, where we get Jalen Brunson is going to put the Knicks into no man's land. And I, I respectfully disagree with that. I don't think that, you know, he, he pointed – to the to the Rockets as an example, when when Harden forced to trade, Tim McMahon was uh, afraid that they were going to be placed in no man's land and they're going to be in, stuck in the middle for a long time. And the, the the thing is that that's Houston. We're in New York, and yeah, and they're fresh off a decade of playoff appearances and disappointments and like being that close to being a championship team. It's exactly. different than like us literally coming from hell to like getting ourselves out of hell. You know what exactly. I mean? And Jalen Brunson is going to be an asset to a team of young players. And we're not going to be training any of those guys to get him. And he's going to be elevating the team. I'm not saying we're going to be a third, third seed team, but I want to talk about his contract mostly because he's going to demand a high contract. It's probably going to be a a four year, hundred million dollar contract. And Mm. my thing is that he's 25 years old, about to be 26 years old. That's not an untradeable contract in Mm. two to three years. It, the only real contracts are not tradable is if you're like 35 and you tore an Achilles or an ACL. You, you, 
but they traded John Wall's contract two seasons before when we thought it was an untradeable contract. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook True. was traded. So Jalen Brunson at the age Westbrook of 20. Westbrook has been traded twice like, through those twice, contracts. Exactly, through through his terrible contract and his terrible play style. But Jalen Brunson is an up-and-comer player. He's about to enter his prime. And if he really is a player that we want to trade down the road, we can. And he'll have that salary number that can actually match a superstar-level player two years down the road but, if, it, if it turns out that he's not that guy for us to really take us to that level. By the way, the the TV negotiation deals are coming up soon, so this twenty five million dollar contract will look uh, going to boom exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to look much smaller compared to what where everyone's complaining yeah, about and then, right now. Like we were going to hit on Brunson's contract. So what's been floating in reports is obviously four years, one hundred ten mil. You know what I mean? Shout out to Tyrese of the Strickland. He was he did the 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 research. He was just like at that salary, literally Jalen would be like the seventeenth highest paid starting point guard or something like that. Like. What? <laughs> Not point guard or maybe like in the NBA, but like whatever the fuck, like with the cap money coming, you know what I mean? And like Brunson, I feel like people forget, like, you know, like the old saying, like they say, don't let great be the enemy of good. You know what I mean? Right, right, Brunson right. may not be a superstar, but he will legitimately objectively make us better. He's 100%. good. You know what I mean? We just seen that boy drop like, what, like 40 in the playoffs or whatever the fuck against Utah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and he has a potential to get better. He yeah, has he's a potential. On the rise. Like, like he's I'm not, not going to say he's going to, like, he has a potential to make like seven all star games or something, but he definitely, Jalen Brunson on a good Knicks team has the potential I mean, to make Steve an all star game. Because, like, to, like, who's to even say? Because, like, shout out to another, like, Villanova point guard that was kind of like sketchy reputation coming in early in the league, Kyle Lowry. You know what I mean? He went mm-hmm. from, like, jump, took bumping years around to teams. develop that jump shot. Yeah. Man. He went from bouncing around teams to, like, being a good player and then being a great player. Still all-star. getting paid at 30-something years old. Like. Exactly. And, like, you tell me, Bronson, like, I'm not – Kyle Lowry's going to come up every day, but I think if you're going to look at a candidate for that level of growth or that kind of, like, incremental progress, let's bring up that word again, Bronson is showing it because, you know why, he's the son of an NBA player. He's got NBA in his bloodlines, and everybody says he's super coachable and, like, another extension of the coach on the floor. And, like, this goes to the fact that, like, they're – you know, Knicks fans out there that are like turning up their nose at Jalen Brunson or whatever. We get to that. But my thing is that we can't bitch about not having a good point guard for 20 years. And then we got a good one staring at us in the face and just be nah, like, nah. they're bitching about it's, it's, it's the exact argument used. They want a great point guard. But the thing is, they're not OK with the good point guard in between. And a lot right. of fans are going to go to saying, like, we should just be playing Emmanuel quickly instead, which none of us are disagreeing with. But at the same time, like 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 Nafi said, like this isn't in a vacuum. This is reality. And we're going to have to do based. We have to make moves based on what our front office likes. And we've seen that our front office wants to do a a mix of veterans and young players. And I feel like Jalen Brunson fits the bill pretty well in terms of being 25 years old. He's not too old. Being someone who can actually handle the ball, being a a downhill type of point guard, which is what Tibbs likes. A lot of people too, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like you want that in your starting point guard. If you want him to grow with your young core, he has the chance to shoot, even though he's not like a great, like he doesn't choose to shoot, but maybe in this system, he wants to shoot more. Um, And besides all that to shoot more. Right. And and the biggest complaint, the biggest complaint that people have had is his defense. And listen, people are always going to complain about players defenses. Like we've always said on this pod, Tibbs makes those flaws much easier to digest. He's made a lot of these players much better. He got Reggie Bullock a legit contract in the NBA playing because Reggie Bullock played such good defense under him and whatnot. So and I, I can see his... Tibbs like have coach elite or very good defenses with like not a good defender at the point. Guard. Like, look at the Chicago and Derrick Rose years. You know what I mean? Like and schematically speaking on a basketball court, yeah, you want a good point of attack defender at the point guard, but a point guard. Defense overall is important, but it's probably like the least important like defensive position. Nowadays, it's wings and you having like that paint protector, like, you know what I mean? Defensive anchor, big man. So we could get away. And I don't think Brunson's the type to just like get paid and be like, I'm not going to try on defense no more because he's he's coming in because he's playing for his dad. He's playing yeah. for his godfather. He's yeah. playing for Tom Thibodeau. He's and he's playing, playing for MSG, He's playing in the garden. You know what I mean? He's coming in to like literally big up himself. He's taking a leap Prove of faith himself. that like yeah, he's yeah. leaving a good rep- like good situation. If he, comes, he wants yeah. to show out and like, I'm not going to. I'm not even going to, like, entertain the idea that, like, people are worried about Brunson's defense. To me, that's disingenuous. It's like a cover for them just because he's not who they like. or There's no one about the team. Right, and Faiz mentioned that it's what the front office wants. It's not even just what they want. It's what they're capable of getting at this point. And as far as reality goes, Brunson was not their plan A. He was, like, their plan C. Plan A was Jaden Ivey. That didn't work out. You you move on. You, you you know – Figure out what the next plan is and, and execute with that because what, what the team has right now did not make the playoffs and you got to mm-hmm. do what you can to make the playoffs again. And what was suddenly Knicks fans are against making the playoffs, like 
let's so what if we get seven C, we're at least in the running for it. And you you work your way incrementally. You gotta yeah, you gotta just adjust and just move forward and progress. And Jalen Brunson would be progress at the I end of the day. I just don't get the idea of these fans, like to your point, mode that like are are all about the youth, you know what I mean? But then you're gonna like poo-poo the idea of our youth getting valuable playoff experience. Cause I feel like that was major for Obi's growth. Cause he did what he did yeah. in against that hot series, and he came in like a man on fire in the season, you know what I mean? And like Tibbs kind of, you know, obviously we see what he did with his minutes, but he he definitely kind of built off of a good playoff series into a good season in his second season. I feel that like playoff experience for young players is super valuable. So I'm not even going to, like, I, I see the validity in everything our front office is doing in terms of like what the, what the plan is. So I just don't get, I, like, I also get passion, but I just don't get like this rage, this consistent rage about what's happening. It's, it's, what a, mob men, it's a mob mentality kind of thing with Nick's Twitter because – Three, four months ago, if you said that the Knicks were going to end the offseason with re-signing Mitchell Robinson and sign Jalen Brunson, everybody would have been. Hyped. I mean, that's what we asked for. That's yeah, what we've been exactly. We for. But now like, suddenly, suddenly, yeah, suddenly we don't get Jay Ivey, and now you don't want Jalen Brunson. Now everybody's against Jalen Brunson. That's it's mob mentality. It's just you go with what's popular. You can't think for yourself, and you're just going to say what <laughs> everybody else is saying. And I, so I, I'd say that's, another that's, reason yeah. that a lot of fans are turned off from the idea of Jalen Brunson, which is something I want to dispel, is like the fact that he would be taking over IQ's minutes and IQ's role and blah blah blah. But I'm just trying exactly like I'm trying to explain like. I know that even us, us three right here, we would love to see IQ start. We'd love to see him get those reps. Yeah. But that's just not a reality with this front office. Like they've had the opportunity to start IQ. That's just not what they're going with. So they're not going to play my shooting guard because they haven't been doing that with IQ. So Brunson and IQ will maybe touch the court together for a few minutes at a time, just between rotations, probably if not even then. So depends on if Derek Rose is here though, because I feel like if you get Derek Rose out, we're going to see a lot of two point guard lineups because. Tibbs is not afraid of that. I don't think to start, time. but I think they're going to play them. I don't think to start because they don't usually start IQ and Rose, but definitely we'll see a they'll few get of like, those lineups. They'll get like 12 to 15 minutes per game because yeah, they're going to yeah. need IQ to be that second ball handler because yeah. outside of Brunson, there's no one else on the team that could be a legit ball handler, yeah, right. excluding yeah. Randall. I'm not even considering Randall for this. And y'all remember last season, started last season when we thought Kemba was good and like Tibbs thought Kemba was good. He was all about playing Kemba in the rotation with D-Rose and IQ. So we've had three small guards in the rotation before. It just turned out that Kemba was not that guy. Right. Now, to, like, to see it, like, from last year to this year, it's literally just taking Kemba out and putting Brunson in that role. And right. to me, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? So I don't get, like, the anger. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just confused this whole podcast, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's because, uh, again, we're going to go back to the thing you're talking about where, like, fans want to see something great and, like, you know, Oh, IQ, I'd say IQ has a not higher ceiling overall, but IQ has the potential to become something that we haven't seen on this team before. Where Brunson, like his floor is kind of higher. Like we already know what to kind of expect from him. And there's obviously a chance that he can become a much better player, but you know, he's like 25. So like we have an idea of like what type of playing style he wants to play. And Knicks fans, Knicks fans, like we, we've been saying through this whole pod, there's always going to be a plethora of opinions with, with Knicks fans, you know? Yeah, I just need rationality to sometimes take over instead of rage. I mean, it's it's good. It's good for your body. It's good for your mental. Good for your heart. You know what I mean, just let that happen, Nick fans. Like, smoke more weed. Maybe maybe that'll help. That helps. You know what I mean, <laughs> well, a, a popular alternative to Brunson is Dejounte Murray right now, and there's mm. it's a it's a I guess I, I could call it a, a hotly debated topic right now on whether the Knicks should trade assets and go for Dejounte Murray, who is uh and was a an All Star this past season, excellent player, excellent defensively, not a good shooter, but can be a triple double machine or go for Brunson through free agency. So, uh, Nafi, let's start with you. If you how, how do you feel about this rumor, and do you think that it, it would make more sense for the Knicks to go after Murray over Brunson? I like Murray. If Brunson wasn't available as an option, I'd be all in on, you know what I mean, open up the war chest, get Murray, and let's see how that group grows. But thinking on it some more, it's just we can't complain about not ideal spacing for RJ and our youth and then add a point guard that can't shoot as good as Murray is in that scenario. If you're going for Murray, you got to get Julius out of there. To me, that would like kind of lessen those spacing and shooting concerns to me. But like, if you got Murray, RJ, Julius Randall, and then Mitch is coming and back, Robinson, right. Pray for that backboard. Pray for that backboard. You know what I mean? Get some like <laughs> bulletproof rims. Them shit going to be dented. You know what I mean? But my thing with Murray is, I think Brunson's a better fit going off that. And I also feel like you're not giving up 
assets for Brunson, ideally, because I think, you know, and that's another thing we got to give props to the front office. We was trying to come up with permutations and calculations for how we would pull off a sign and trade for Brunson because we have cap space. Now we're in a situation where we're like, okay, Dallas don't want to cooperate with us for a sign and trade? Sign Brunson outright, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, we have more leverage. Assets, we have know? way more leverage because exactly. even if we do a sign and trade now, it's going to be for like very minimal assets where it's exactly. like, and you guys, have, look, we're going to take them anyway. So here, just take these fucking second round picks and call it a day or something. Take, exactly. take Noel with, with it. Take Noel with that. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lightly used Noel. You know what I mean? Hey, I mean, Noel, Noel was on Dallas, you know, like that whole Noel Dallas thing was like a thing before. So hey, go ahead. Everybody's so reliving I, their youth. Go ahead. I, Noel. I think with DeJounte, uh, I think. I think if you could get a reality where you could have both, that'd be pretty cool. Where like, you know, you could see like, cause we saw Jalen Brunson play kind of well with another point guard, whether it be Spencer Dinwiddie, Luca, that'd be kind of interesting. But if it's between DeJounte or uh, Brunson, I, I do like the idea of Brunson just cause you know, we are giving up less assets for him, but uh, for, for DeJounte, the the fact that I, I don't think we're going to be giving up like mixed picks for him. I don't think we, we, I think we'd be more in the realm of like the picks that we've like accumulated the three picks that we got in this Depends, draft. So, and possibly... I mean, we might need to do all the above. You know, Spurs are like, they're looking for a Drew holiday package. And that kind of goes to the point about leverage, you know, like right, you said, right. we have leverage in the Brunson situation. We got no leverage in the Murray in those, situation. Right. So just by default, it's going to cost more to get a, maybe a comparable level of player. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're selling the DeJounte age. at his highest peak value right now too, because he just made the all-star game and whatnot. And yeah. also I'm not really excited about chasing after DeJounte, a team like the Spurs, if they're really shopping DeJounte, like a year after he made like the year of, he made an all-star, like that tells you something about how they feel about this player. You know, mm-hmm. and besides that, I would say like the, the shooting concerns are definitely there for me. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely worried about that. So I, I'm not like opposed to it, but it's not something that's like I'm jumping out the gym. Like, yes, get DeJounte. Yes. Like, you know, like we were excited about it at first, but I'd say it depends on what picks we'd be. We'd have to give up for it. And he might be cheaper now, but that's only for two years. And I guarantee you he's going to have a higher contract than Brunson will in two yeah, years. Yeah, because he'll be So it's really the point of like getting the, the cheapest yeah. contract right now while you're giving up assets. I think uh, me personally, I think Brunson's a better fit. And I think we can save those assets for a pick later in the season, try to get a better wing. I mean, if Cam doesn't pan out to what we're hoping he could be, we could get a better wing who's an actual shooter uh, consistently and a solid two-way player. Um, that's, you know, I, I think we can use the assets for that. It doesn't have to be for Murray. So a lot of people want Murray just so they don't get Brunson, which I think is, is kind yeah, of, that's Brunson weird behavior. <laughs> you know it's, what I mean? It's, it's very weird. But strange things are happening. Not just on Netflix. Hey, shout out to my man, Brett. Check out our IG. <laughs> I think if you could manage a team of them both, obviously without Randall on the lineup, I kind of would like it just because, you know, you have like um, more shooters around DeJounte and that, that would be interesting. But yeah, if, if it's between the two, I, I definitely agree with you guys that I think personally Br- Brunson would be a better, better fit. Overall. I mean, to me, a, like a, a Murray pursuit doesn't make sense unless Randall's in the Randall's team. in the, in the deal. And right? I think maybe that could work. You know, Randall's from Texas, Dallas, not San Antonio, but you know, it's like we've what, seen, like, we've seen uh, San Antonio previously, like uh, revamp the value of a player, like, DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan exactly. someone who's not really a good shooter, but can play on ball and like, you know, get the usage rate up and not to violate. That's something that happened with DeJounte too, where he had a very high usage rate. You get the value up and now ship him out for Randall rinse and repeat. Cause the Spurs are not going to be competitive. I don't think And then why, why take on Randall? It sounds to me like because they're giving up Murray and they gave up DeRozan in the season prior, they're trying to do a youth movement. What they're trying to tank. They're trying and to and Rand- Randall's the tank commander. You feel like that? Brett Povich is not going to have Julius Randall's bullshit, Yeah, it's, it's a if very highly Brett unlikely situation. Years ago, <laughs> it's, it's a very highly unlikely situation, but like it's in the realm of, I don't know, I feel like it's in the realm of possibility. Not reality, but possibility. Everything's alive in the realm of possibility. That's the beautiful thing about possibility. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about the NBA, and that's why draft night was so Love fucking... Basketball. You know, it's so interesting. Like, you know, obviously at the end of the night, Knicks fans are a little upset just because I'll tell you personally why I'm upset. If you ask anyone who the winner of the draft was, they're going to say the Detroit Pistons. You know, they did a phenomenal job in the draft. And just being on the other side of it, regardless of what happens, leaves a sour taste in your mouth. So, you know, like fans are going to be fans are going to be upset about this right now. And. Yeah, I mean it's human nature, but then if you if the, if that rage is still like fresh two days later, then that's right, 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 both right. mentally and physically, something wrong with people. 
when I tell everybody. <laughs> but uh, again, also, I will say about the, the Spurs movement, the, the DeJounte thing, the reason I'm also not like trying to tell fans to go crazy over that, it's like a lot of the reporting is coming from like Jake Fisher and whatnot. And I'm not trying to like dis- like discount Jake Fisher's reporting or anything, but he's more of a free agency kind of guy. We haven't seen like Woj or any of the big names really come out and say like, DeJounte Murray is available. So a lot of this, honestly, I feel like could be smoke from the Hawks end because they were really pushing for John Collins for DeJounte Murray. So we don't even know to the extent that DeJounte is available. So you want to stay on this topic because we can now move into the NBA gossip because I got some social media <laughs> gossip for y'all fellas. Let's do it. Y'all see, y'all see DeJounte and Trey. They just recently followed each other on Twitter like some fucking lovebirds. That's adorable. Bro, DeJounte put up like a workout picture in like Nick's colors. Like this man is doing a world He's tour. Conflicted. Of, like... He's conflicted. He's conflicted. You know, what, right what emotional <laughs> ride right now. Everyone's <laughs> conflicted right now, man. You seen that Dame KD post? Oh, my oh, God. Bro. Like. Yo, I hope this KD replies. They don't, like, they don't give like tampering fines for that. Like, <laughs> nah, bro, players can't tamper. They like Stern tried. David Stern tried. If David Stern can like penalize him for that shit, Adam Silver definitely won't. You know what I mean? So, yo, we gotta talk. We gotta talk about that boy in Brooklyn who wants <laughs> wants to leave the city. Potentially, <sighs> we gotta, we gotta talk about the elephant in the room. We talked about it offline. I feel like the content careers have like, huh? one Kyrie Irving. I feel like we made our like our opinions felt about his off the court shenanigans. He's a he's a fucking idiot. I'm gonna put it out there. Boy can hoop though, so I'm gonna rationalize like a motherfucker if we end up with him. I don't want him, but if it happens, bro, we rationalize Andre Bargnani. We could rationalize anything, man. We like, speaking French, speaking French about <laughs> an Italian right now. That was amazing. We, we. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I missed I mean, Steve Novak after two weeks after that trade. I was like, yo, Novak <laughs> could do this. Oh man! No Why don't we just give Novak post touch? Right, we're not going down that road. But yeah, Kyrie Irving, how are we feeling, Mo? Mo, you got a smirk on your face. Tell I us. mean, he anti COVID. Uh, he anti vaccine. I'm anti vaccine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Next part. Suck the what vaccine really out is of in me. the vax? What's inside that shit? <laughs> Brother Kyrie told us not to take it. What are we? <laughs> nah, I mean, listen. You can't. You can't deny his his brilliance and greatness on the court, and uh, obviously. If he joins the Knicks, there's going to be so much drama, so much shit we have to listen to. Obviously, you want to avoid that, but you can't deny you can't deny that on ball court greatness. And he would elevate the team if he's if he's able to play. And I think at this point, we can confidently say that he's not not going to be able to play. Um, you know, knock on wood. You know, we, we're probably past these restrictions. Um, I don't know, man. It, there's, I guess, we're only going to talk about whether or not we'd want him on the team. I'd say no, but if he is, I'd be hyped. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's going to be funny, too. The chaos factor, <laughs> like, yo, I'm, I woke up this morning a hater. I'm rooting for that Nets downfall. So, like, we could have a direct hand in that. Yo, lovely. Lovely times in the summer for, for your boy. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be happy about it. You know what I mean? I, I got the stats for it to go either way. If Kyrie comes to the Knicks, I'm going to manipulate the stats however I can to tell you that he's the most efficient, useful player that I've ever seen. <laughs> he's not on the Knicks. I'm going to show you all the numbers. Greatest that bag of all time. I'll be on there Horrible. like a real hoop head. Y'all don't know the uh, y'all you don't know Kyrie's bag. Analytics, uh, he's not that great of a basketball player. Um, I'm gonna just but... be like, fuck y'all analytics. He can, he can hoop. He gets buckets. Oh, like Bill Russell said in we, the end of fucking forces he did with uh, Kyrie. You know it, man. It, 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 but I feel like I feel like I gotta start it right here. Like, don't give any of these reports credence. The Knicks are being used as a leverage toy. Mm-hmm. It's it's what the, how they're always used. It's like. If you're not going to sign me, I will go to the Knicks and they'll give me $5 billion right now. So I, I don't want to give any of these reports credence. I don't want to get like, and that's exactly why this is part of like the NBA gossip realm of our conversation. We're not, it's not like front and center and like, oh, we got to talk about the reality of our Knicks moves. Like, the man, this is the male version of hair salon talk, basically. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at the barber like, getting a lineup with like L Alpha playing in the back. You know what I mean? We're just like, yo, <laughs> y'all, y'all see who liked that post? Y'all seen that? You know what I mean? Like, he shared a meme. Like, oh my God. What does that mean? Like, <laughs> is that silly season? You know what I mean? No basketball being played until summer league. But I mean, bro, Dame is out here putting pictures up with him and Kyrie, uh, KD in Portland. <laughs> Kyrie, yeah. I'm crying. In Portland jerseys, man. Kyrie, like, <laughs> when's the last time we seen? Some, I mean, honestly, the last time we seen something like that was Dame and CJ. Dame, yeah, it was Thursday for Melo. Melo's like, mm, no. <laughs> Let me go to OKC instead of Portland. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Bro. I mean, let me. 
like on the Kyrie and the validity to this rumor, I don't know, bro. Like Jake Fisher, you mentioned his name, bro. Last summer he was on point with everything. He was. To the Knicks. He and was. Well, this smaller is, names. This had some legs though, because like a month and a half ago, early at the summer, he like posted some vague. You know, it was like a, uh, he was on a podcast. He's like, I heard a funny rumor about the Knicks. You know what I mean? And then it comes yeah. out the funny rumor he was referring to is the possible mutual interest between Kyrie and the Knicks. I don't know, bro. I'm not saying I'm buying it, but I'm getting ready to rationalize like a motherfucker. <laughs> getting ready. Stretching all, all not, the above. It's not just Jake either. Shams actually had a tweet about it. He said, really? uh, he said, Kate, this was on this is three days ago. He said, Katie's monitoring the net situation concerning options with his future. And this now opens a path for Kyrie Irving to proceed on finding a new home via opt-in and trade. I mean, Ky- Ky- Kyrie wanting to move. I, there's always validity in that, but I'm saying like, the teams that he's been linked with have been like six different teams, bro. It's like the Knicks, the Clippers, the, you know, Lakers. The usual. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. So, like, I'm saying, like, specifically the reporting with, like, the Knicks being involved. There's definitely validity, and we've seen this front office clearly dip their toes everywhere. Like, I'm going to give a, a really great example with, like, the Kings front office. They could have picked up Keegan Murray and an asset if they had just traded back to five, swap with Detroit or something, because, you know, both teams are happy gain an asset. But the Kings front office is not as involved with the rest of the NBA like that. You see the Knicks front office getting themselves like into the, you know, all the way down into like the 11, 13 pick and the Knicks are still making trades. So they made the three D three team trade with OKC and the Pistons. So the Knicks got their ear to the streets, man. They're hungry and they're going to be involved in, they're going to be involved in every single rumor. And that's going to involve the Kyrie rumor. Just don't think it has a lot of validity. I think actually happening. The most viable suitor amidst all those names. This is like they said, the Lakers. So I would just, Tie up laughter if it's a Russ Westbrook for Kyrie trade. Just like yo, these guys getting back with their exes, like work that shit out. You know what I mean? Grown men, just 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 repair your relationships, bury the hatchets, please. That's what that trade is gonna be about. I need it, need it for the chaos and like on both sides, right? You get you get yeah, Kyrie, LeBron, KD, and Russ. Like I want them to meet at All Star game, just do like a four way group hug. You know what I mean? You see Harden try to slide in, they're like, no, get out of here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean I don't know. We'll see, we'll see, right? But like, how would y'all feel? And I'm. Just me probably putting this out in the air might jinx it, but like I don't know if y'all want me to say it. How would y'all feel? This just entered my mind. We sign Jalen outright and then flip some assets for Kyrie in that in that he picks up the option and he like, you know what I mean? Uh takes up his option with Brooklyn and they trade him to us. And we end up with Jalen and Kyrie somehow maintain RJ. How y'all feel? I don't know if the math works out. I don't know if Jer- Jeremy Cohen is just, bro. This is the this is NBA gossip, bro. We're having fun. We don't need oh, no fucking like getting our hair done. Out you know what I mean? Just yeah. putting our feet up, getting a pedicure. Mm-hmm. We're just saying some bullshit. Well, but like, how y'all feel shit, about that? We're doing the shit that the, those guys on Twitter do. Like, how come Katie is not a Nick today? Like, you know, we're having fun. <laughs> a little with bit that. more than that because I think mathematically, what I just said, it maybe makes more sense. Possible, but realistically, it's probably not. Anything's possible. But what yeah. y'all think? What would what, if that's the ultimate plan? You know what I mean? The Jalen smoke. It's not even a smoke with Jalen no more. It's like a fucking burning inferno. And we got like this Kyrie smoke. What y'all I think? I mean, if we get if we can get rid of Randall in the process. Oh boy. Whew. Maybe. Maybe. Why, why not? That's that's a yeah. that's a top five team right there. I hadn't thought Easily. of it, so my brain is like like falling apart on itself, trying to compute <laughs> like what would happen. Blew your like, mind. Just like I'm like, I didn't even think that would take but a honestly, second. Take I mean, some water. Like, Yo, I know a lot of people are trying to be snobby and cool, but if Kyrie's on the Knicks, that's come on, man. Like he's 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 box office. Like he's gonna be fun to watch. Like there's not another player like Kyrie who can score the way he does, who has the handles that he does. Like off court issues aside, like Kyrie's a great basketball player, and just to be able to watch him in a Knicks jersey for a season, that that definitely be fun as shit. It's just. Now, logistically, like, am I willing to give up the assets to see him for a year and then go through the whole Kyrie marathon? Is is he signing with us? Is he re-signing? Because the off-court issues is the off-court Imagine issues. Imagine Julius like, for Kyrie and then Katie's out of there. So we're just going to have Julius and Ben Simmons in, in a season just oh having a contest. Yeah. Who, could, who could pout the best? Who's most like just, just karma just for the Nets for trying to, to buy their NBA final and not even mm. make it to the Eastern Conference finals. Mm. <laughs> that, that, that's the karma. Mm. Damn shame. Not really a shame. I love it. Basking in it, but funny. <laughs> um, to go back to the draft, I don't know if we want to stay on the rumors, but like I know Mo, you, you bet you like giving props to Detroit, but like anybody else, y'all like as far as the NBA is concerned, y'all like what they did at the draft and kind of like interested to see what they pull off in in the in free agency. Like anybody else that comes to mind for y'all? OKC okay, so got Chet. And who else did they get? 
They got Dang from us. They got yeah, two um, Jalen Williamses. I don't know that was legal in the NBA. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't know that was possible. Jalen and Jalen or something. Yeah. So many. I said, I said the draft, same name bro. back. Mad Jalen's in this draft. Like, what the hell? I'd, I'd say I like OKC second, too, just because, like, they found some good running mates for, for Chet. Like, and they picked, like, the really good defensive guys. They're really leaning into that defensive identity, uh, trying to, like, build around, like, Shea and whatnot. So I, I like it for them. It's definitely a good move. But again, so frustrating to be on the opposite side of the two best people in the draft, the Pistons and the fucking, and the, you know, OKC. So hopefully this could be one of those trades where all three teams benefit and we see the Knicks down the line. Like this is just a lesson in loving yourself, bro. The grass ain't always greener on the other side. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Shout out Detroit though. I, I, I don't think we've ever we, talked I, about Detroit on this podcast ever. Cause <laughs> ben Wallace. I, I like those that, teams. We, we've talked, we've talked about Detroit in the past. I, I don't I know. About ben Wallace. I think pretty sure. I love Sheed. You play for Detroit. That counts. Props we we talk about the players, not necessarily the team. But this this combination of uh, of uh, Duran and and Cade and Jay and Ivy. Sadiq Bay. Don't forget Sadiq Bay. Isaiah Stewart, the tank. Yeah. I mean, Loki. Dwayne Casey's a good developmental coach. Like Killian Hayes, my wake up. Remember, I'm being like young. I mean, like young OKC trio vibes from these guys. Obviously, not the same comparison, but like success potentially. The GM has shown how like he's more than competent, you know. He's he's doing a great job. So he's arguably the best or second best after Bob Myers. So what there you go. You know? What y'all feel about the big surprise at the top of the draft? Because I loved it. I we was on our draft pod. I'll say like I don't like I, I fucking love Paolo. Like Paolo Banchero is a fucking monster, and like he's probably the prospect I've seen the most just because he plays for Duke on national TV. And like my whole thing was just, like it doesn't make sense that he's not even an enter- being entertained as a number one pick, and then right, boom, right. we got that surprise. So what y'all think of that? I, I, I think it's a fire pick, but like, what do you think? Like, Mo, what do you to start? It's great. I mean, that that magic core is gonna be strong, no doubt, with with Jalen and another another fucking Jalen and and Paolo, and they finally got their go to score. I mean, that's something that they've been lacking for a minute. You can't keep relying on Terrence Ross every game, and uh, he's definitely gonna get moved. I, yeah, I, I don't want Jonathan magic. Isaac out of there, and I'll root for him because like Cole Anthony, Paolo, I like that. I like that yeah. duo. I like those two guys. Don't forget Wagner, Wagner bro. Wagner has been Wagner has been. Oh yeah, Franz Wagner did light it up. Yeah, they Wagner. really their front court is is looking good. I would say like originally I was not confused. I was just surprised. Like I was just mm. like, oh my god. Like I, you know, it was like part of the drama of the NBA draft. Like you, you know, a lot of us again we're non experts, so we do take what these quote unquote experts say. You know, with with a lot of with a lot of weight. So when everyone's saying Jabari and Chad are gonna go one and two, that's what we expected. But I really do like the pick for the Magic because instead of going for an experimental player, which they kind of did with Cole Anthony, kind of did with Jalen Suggs and whatnot, they get a proven scorer whose floor and starting space to grow from is that what Julius Randle is now. You know, I've seen a lot of Julius Randle comparisons with the playmaking upside, the shooting and whatnot, but he's already there at this young age. So I think Paolo got a higher B-ball IQ than Randle. Oh, and he and he has more moves. He can do like a pull-up jumper. Like there's a few things he can also do. So I like it for the Magic because they have the proven scorer for the rest of the team to play off of because you've seen a lot of nights where Jalen Suggs wasn't even – hitting points like not making a field goal Cole Anthony with maybe 11 12 points Franz Wagner really being the guy who carries them so Paolo being like a real scoring punch for them could make a huge difference yeah props to Orlando like what you were saying like they take a lot of projects and like whatever I don't feel like they if all the drafts they've had since like they got rid of Dwight Howard and like been going the tanking route I never feel like they drafted a player with star quality as many high picks as they had it was also just like yeah, maybe you squint your eyes and X, Y, Z happens with this prospect. He could become a multiple-time All-Star. I think with Paolo, like, knock on wood, you never know, but I think he's, like, a certified stud. Like, mm. I, I don't recall being able to say that about any of Orlando's picks because I always feel like I had question marks about their past choices. So, His but floor I, like is you said, really non-expert high. here. Non-expert here. His floor I, I is really high. Like, he can contribute ASAP to, to a team. And perfect to contribute to a team like the Magic where you're not really worried about that contribution, like, leading, like, to wins translating exactly to wins but as long as your players are developing alongside him that's what you call a win in this and i feel like the eastern conference like i'm not gonna say they got much stronger but the floor definitely got higher for a lot of these teams where oh, they the did get much stronger you know, i'd the, say so maybe not this season but like in two i don't seasons, say i wouldn't say like the Pistons are us. gonna make the play in for sure or anything but they're definitely in conversations like the Pacers added added benedict Mathurin. like we're not showing them any love like the hornets added their center like 
the, the, they navigated pretty decently. I went back to that ex. They hired Steve Clifford again. Mm-hmm. Which... I seen that. That was wow. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen Yo, that in basketball. So, at least we. I don't know if you guys saw. Basically, they're saying that a huge reason Kenny Atkinson dubbed the job because uh, Michael Jordan was refusing to pl- pay like the the rest of the tra- the staff, oh, yeah. the coaching yeah. staff, much like. Really? The cheap like, owner, y'all got oh, mellow ball on the damn. team. Like, this is, like, he has to be making the most money he's made since Kemba Walker's been on the team. Like, you have, like, a box office player. Miles Bridges, a box office player. Like, the Hornet squad is relatively, you know, like, they're making play games and stuff, and y'all still don't want to play, pay? Like, come on. Like, hey, man, MJ's, like, my uh, my goat uh, as a cheapskate. I mean, it is what it is. It's him. It it's, it it's MJ and uh, Julius from uh, Everybody Hates Chris. He's <laughs> <laughs> like luxury tax. The fuck is that? I got I got some golf <laughs> golf to play. Like, fuck. It costs thirty two cent to add the luxury tax to our shit. Like I think they only interviewed Kenny Atkinson. He did. Then they're like, all right, let's see what Mike Don Tony wants. Yeah, they, like, they interviewed Dad Tony. Dad like, I want you to pay my assistants more than minimum wage. MJ's like, what? Somebody call Steve. <laughs> Get the China sweatshop. That's what MJ. That's what MJ want to fuck with. I mean, shit. I hope. Hey, man. Maybe I could drive Lamelo to the Knicks. Never too soon to start that agenda. Never too soon. Actually, it's very soon. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. All right. Any any final thoughts? Um, free agency is, is gonna start by the time we have our next episode. So, any uh, quick predictions? You think we're gonna sign Brunson? I'm sorry. One. What was the day for free agency starting? I just, I, just, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, is it July first? I, oh. I think they changed it to June thirtieth. No. Okay. Either way, it's either Thursday or Friday. Just wondering. Uh, I don't, I don't want to do predictions. Because last That's time fair. I predicted Ivy, and like I, I feel like I jinxed that. So. I was, I was the closest one. I said we would trade down, but we traded out. I didn't, I didn't consider trading out. Of well, the technically, thing. we did trade down to 13. So yeah, and technically right. on our pod, we were just like, I want technical wins. I want the real one. <laughs> no, nah, it was a win because you know what? We uh, were just like, yo, what if the nerds win? Okay, Brock Adler has his day and we have right. a trade down. Right? Oh, wow. That happened. Nafi, you got it. June 30th at 6 p.m. You see? I'm a sicko that knows this random information for no reason. You know what I mean? So you're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't got no predictions. Just just please sign Jalen Brunson for my mental health sake. You know what I mean? After all this, like I'm trying to be above it but it's just gonna be annoying if we were to miss out on them and the national media just goes back on the lol nick's bag because they're all fucking dickheads and unfunny and I, the worst thing to me is is, is, a, is a fake comedian that thinks he's funny and he's not and that's what all these sports writers seem to be with their lol nick's jokes mm. get better material if you're gonna roast us be funny about it make me laugh but no you guys are dickheads Anyway, Honestly, please. I'm not gonna lie. Ninety percent of the ones that I've been laughing at, it's like a Knicks one because, like, I'll be like, "Who the fuck said this? What the fuck did they say?" I click it, it's like Knicks in the bio. I'm like, "Oh, right, to make fun of ourselves." You like Kirk, Kirk Holdsbury, Goldsbury, something was trying to shit on like RJ and like Randall, like that Mavs fan, right? Man. Yeah, man. That boy like, was typing that shit up. with tears in his eyes. That's how I know Laptop is drenched. He misses Jalen. He's wearing a Brunson jersey as it was happening. He couldn't believe it. So fuck him. The motherfuckers are in the copium. You know what I mean, I like Dallas now since KP's out, but if they're gonna yeah, be like bitches was, like this, we was ruined for, for Reggie Bullock and y'all was ruined for Frank. Like, come on, y'all be bitches like this because, like, no, you know what I mean. If we do get him, whew, I don't even know any Dallas fans, but I'll make some just to make fun of them. <laughs> you know what I mean, get yeah, Mo come out of the Dallas jersey and just be like, yeah, Mo, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mo? Prediction. None. I don't want to do it. We yeah, doing yeah, predi- I feel like we've been doing nonstop predictions and they always end up going one way or the other. NBA finals, the draft. I think the Knicks, will, the, the, Knicks will finals have, the Knicks will have a starting point guard on their team and they'll have the rest of their lineup filled up. That's my prediction. That's fair. All right. Uh, that wraps up this episode of Nickish. Make sure you check out our Instagram on the 28th where we'll be announcing our, our raffle. Uh, we appreciate you guys checking out this episode of Nickish. Uh, and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Until and give us that five star review mm-hmm. on Spotify and Apple. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.